Next on BYU Sports Nation, the number one takeaway from BYU Football Media Day. Which newcomer will have a bigger impact between grad transfer Dylan Colley and Arizona high school star freshman Gunnar Romney? Plus a conversation with the man in charge of making BYU basketball schedule NCAA tournament approved. Tim Lacombe in studio. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation back to work on a Monday and doing it live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your June 25th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. Once again, I am Spencer Linton alongside a man who helped Louis Vuitton design his fanny pack, Jerem Jordan. I'm glad that Jamal Williams could be the feature model of said fanny pack. Is there a better feature model than Jamal Williams? No, he's been great to work with in this whole process with uh, Louis Vuitton. It's been fantastic. The debate came up over the weekend online based on something I put out there on Twitter saying, look, it's hard to pull off a fanny pack, but I feel like Jamal Williams is one of the very few individuals that can do it. Some people are like, no. No one's going to question him. No. Some people are like, no, it doesn't matter who is wearing a fanny pack. It will never be a cool thing. What do you think? I think those people need to wake up. (laughs) 2018. (laughs) People wearing fanny packs now. He had acid-washed jeans on as well. Well, he's got that NFL money. I've got a design idea for old Louie, Jerem. Well, don't share it on the air. Keep that intellectual property to yourself. Well, it's BYU-centric with a desert theme. Hit it! Countdown to the Wildcats! 68 days! So that is one where you throw in the days. Let's go. 68 days. Essentially two months away from the opening of the BYU football season. Two months away. Under 10 weeks. Yeah, you feeling it? Are you starting to feel the producer the excitement? in me feels it? I the fan in me is excited. The producer in me is like, oh no, the graphics and the motion graphics and the scripts and the yeah. You think about all the things that go into our pregame show. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. The about. attention to detail makes a program excellent, right? Whether it be a television show or the BYU football team. At the end of the day, we're gonna be ready. Sixty-eight days away from BYU opening the season against the Wildcats of Arizona, and we have. A loaded show to kick off the week as we follow up Football Friday from Media Day last week. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It was very clear as a BYU football staff, the coaches made Friday's Media Day mostly business. I mean, there are laughs and some needed levity. It's June. You have to throw in that. But when it came to the football discussion following a 4-9 and nine season, whether it be Kalani Satake, offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes, the defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, Ed Lamb, clearly they wanted to make a point of their attention to detail and laser focus on winning. Jerem, what are your thoughts on the no-hype, all-business feel to media day? I thought it was great. Uh, because in the first media day that BYU held as an independent, Jay Keeps came on and said, we're trying to win every game. We want to go undefeated. And that's not that you don't want to overhype something. In fact, I thought it was all business. Like you said, I thought BYU, instead of saying, you know what? I think we could do this. They said, we went four and nine last year. We've made some changes. 
we will be better. And we got some nuanced roster you know, news, and we'll break that down coming up. But I like the fact that BYU didn't overhype or even hype anything, really. It was, you know what, we, we just need to go out and win. And that's the bottom line. At the end of the day, 4-9, we hope, was an anomaly. BYU has to prove uh, by having a good season, that would be a bowl game or, or above, in my opinion, that that was an anomaly. I will say this about Football Friday and the media day that we just went through. I left that day feeling better about what BYU is doing as a program. I did too. I found myself more. And if you don't, that's and, a real issue. You should feel optimistic. better. Yes. Yeah. If you don't feel better after media day, your team stinks. <laughs> like if you don't feel good about, you know what? Here's the work we've been putting in because it's an update post spring. Okay, what's happened? Who's doing what? Who's in? Who's out? And whatnot. You should feel better, and we feel better because we are hopeful. One, because we don't want 4-9 and nine to happen again, and it can't because it'd be 4-8. and eight. Yeah, We feel better in spite of some comments from Jeff Grimes during State of the Program where he laid it out. He Which laid out his, tru- confident yeah, his, tr- his true feelings. Well, yeah, I, I saw him you know, after that interview, and I said, hey, how'd it go? And he goes, easy. <laughs> how, how was it? Easy. I was like, I hope you feel the same way about Arizona and Cal and – all those teams. I think I like good. most about Jeff Grimes, and, I, and I'm speaking very specific here about the offensive coordinator, is it feels like everything he does has a laser focus purpose. Like he doesn't do anything just to do something, right? It, it, he, he is clearly well prepared and thought through everything he wants to do with his team. His tone is such that it's like, I already knew that. I've thought three steps ahead. Yeah. Yeah, Like, that's the vibe I get from him, which is good because you want your OC to be in charge, baby. In charge. Speaking of the offense, sophomore running back Ula Tolutau and redshirt freshman Joe Tukuafu aren't on the team. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes said he hopes they will be back on the roster in the fall. But Spencer, how big of a loss is this to the BYU offense if neither are back? Ula's a big loss. No way around it. Big being the operative word. He's Uh, the bruiser. He's the bruiser. Drawing comparisons to Harvey Unga last year in his freshman season. Who's that guy now if it's not Ula Tolutau? BYU doesn't really have one. They've got plenty of other running back options. We know that. But nobody like Ula. If it's third and three or third and two and you need those hard critical yards, who's the guy you give the ball to? I don't know that BYU has that option now. There's not a big tailback, if you will, in that way. There are fullbacks, right? in uh, Griffiths and uh, Bradenell Bakri, but it's a bunch of kind of smaller scat backs kind of guys. You hope that they can get the hard yards. Zach Katoa and those kind of guys. Squally Canada. K.J. Hall is kind of a change-up guy and whatnot, and so on. Who gets the tough yards But who is – yeah, I'm with you. Ula is a big loss. He's a big loss. And, yet, like I said, he's a power five running back. Like, he was a Wisconsin commit. The guy's legit. Unfortunately, against Utah State – um, he coughed up two fumbles, and he got pulled, and then October 8th sided with possession or use of marijuana in Orem. And then he didn't play the rest of the year. Now he's not on the roster. That's a bummer because of all the running backs. I was like, the guy that can handle the rigors of this schedule physically is Ula Tolutau. So that's a bummer. I hope Jeff Grimes is right, and there's an opportunity or chance for Ula to get back at some point in the future. I'd love to have him back with BYU football. Kalani Sataki did not have the same vibe he, he was more like, oh, you have to talk to them to see. Whereas Jeff's like, hopefully we'll have them back. I can't tell if that's like they have stuff to do and they'll maybe get back or they're gone. I don't know. 
BYU needs a guy to get tough yards. It's going to be hard to know how much of an impact Joe Tukuafu's absence will make. We haven't seen him play football for BYU. There was a lot of rhetoric, though, before last season about his involvement in the offense. 6'4", 275. That would have been a tremendous red zone target, hand in the ground, Blocking tight end. Oh, you want somebody to that block would have been awesome. Jeff Grimes? Joe Tukuafu like, is the body style for that. Is Matt Bushman going to bowl over a linebacker blocking? Like, I don't know. I think he's a good receiver. I don't know what he is as a blocker. I would have liked Joe Tukuafu and all the drama from Utah State with Matt Wells not releasing him. Now that couldn't happen. Um, he could have just played last year. But he, he, got, he got hurt and couldn't play. Yeah. That was the issue. He could have played last year. It was the year before where Matt Wells didn't release the Scully, whatever. So we we haven't even seen Joe Tukuafu, so it's hard to know what impact he would have had. Yeah, maybe Tukuafu's presence will be missed most blocking. I think BYU fans in general feel okay about the direction of the tight ends because you have Matt Bushman and a healthy Moroni Laulupututu. Yeah, we don't know what he is as a tight end. We haven't seen him play tight end. We think he'll be a great pass catcher. We're not sure as a blocker. I'd like to, like to see him uh, pancake some guys first. Jeremy, it wouldn't be the 2018 summer if at some point we weren't discussing the BYU football scheduling philosophy to a degree. (laughs) But before we get into the banter following Media Day, listen to a couple of remarks from Media Day, the first from Athletic Director Tom Holmo. Sometimes the schedules now and in the future might not be exactly how Kalani and I had thought it would go, but you got to play the games once you put them in there. And I want to play the teams. I'd rather play a tougher schedule than a weaker schedule. Okay. Rather a tougher schedule than a weaker schedule. But he did throw in the caveat, not how we thought they'd go in reference to the schedules. Now listen I to – I thought Co- it was just this schedule. This schedule. With four on sure, the – I, I sure. don't think it's future, right? Well, I, yeah, it's hard to know what, what the teams are going to be in 19 and 20. Yeah, but – because next year you have three or four at home. We have a pretty good idea what the teams what are in want, 2018, right? and we know what's bearing, you know, BYU's staring down the barrel at, right? Mm-hmm. Good grief. Never good to stare down the barrel. Now, add Kalani Satake's comments to that. And I looked at the schedule, and the schedule scared some people about this job, but not me. It got me excited, right? And the future schedules and the, the opponents that Tom were, were talking about bringing on, and I thought that was, that's awesome. All right. The athletic director and the head coach spoke about the schedule on Friday. Jerem, do you feel better about the schedule after hearing what Tom Homo and Kalani Satake had to say on media day? What schedule? This schedule or just general scheduling philosophy? Let's, let's break it into two categories. First of all, the 2018 schedule. No, it's, uh, it's too tough because you're playing five games on the road that are really hard. Um, four Power Five and Boise State. Generally speaking, they need to be more balanced. I'm just wondering if BYU's going to say no. Like, I know I get that it's complicated, okay? But who, who at the end of the day is saying whether BYU has to play or not? It's BYU. So if BYU plays too hard of a schedule, that's on BYU. If the schedule is awesome, it's on BYU. If the schedule is too easy, it's on BYU, right? So I like playing a tough schedule. I just want a middle ground. It doesn't have to be weak or tough. It can be in the middle. That's what I'm saying. And I just think this is a little too tough. If you want to install a new offense with a new quarterback and, and get the reps and get to eight-plus wins or whatever, don't put together that kind of schedule. That's not going to lend itself to those kind of numbers. 
Let me throw in the note. Unless Dame. you improve your team to a degree to handle it. And I don't know the BYU's that improved quite yet. I hope it is for this year. I would love that. Let me throw in the Notre Dame conversation then. Let's say BYU's Notre, not Notre Dame. Let's say no, no. Let's say Notre Dame comes to BYU and says, okay, we found an opening in the schedule. Let's say it's, I don't know, 2021. Uh, that would put BYU at eight power fives, but that's the only year they can do it. Yeah. At that point, do you say, nah, we're good. Let's just uh, look for another year or maybe have Notre Dame buy themselves out of the contract. Where do you stand on something like that? I would say, can we just get one in the future? Can we go to 25? Like, BYU has a game in 2030. There's got to be another year. Like, if Notre Dame is saying that's the one and only time, come on. Come on. It's been a few years. We've waited. We can wait a few years. I would push it. But at this point, the way BYU is scheduling, it's like, fine, just throw it on there. Just throw it on Like, what? Just, just go play whatever. Is the point to win or is the point to schedule? I hope it's to win. It's both if you ask BYU football in general, right? It's both. You have to meet those schedules uh, with tremendous progress, and that's the question for this upcoming year. ESPN's Trevor Maddich joined us Friday, and he said the following about the potential progress of BYU football this season. The, the schedule is such that BYU can be monumentally better than it was last year and still not win nine games. Now, it's not out of the question. Okay, it's not out of the question. It might be out of the question, actually. Nine wins? BYU doesn't need nine wins to have monumental progress, according to our boy Trevor Manich. It might manifest itself in the form of, I don't know, six. That's kind of six or seven. That's the number we've thrown around. Spencer, is BYU getting bowl-eligible, quote, monumental, unquote, progress? Oh, man. How, how do you define monumental? Exactly. <laughs> how do you define monumental? It all depends on how BYU competes against the best of the best. Amen. Right? It's the means. And so it's the end and the means. Six right? wins is progress, and I think six wins equals success. But is it monumental progress? That depends on how BYU plays against the gauntlet. BYU got blown out How many out more victories will you count in that? That's what we're saying, right? Yeah, BYU got blown out by the best of their schedule last year. Can the Cougars rebound from that? And even if they lose games, can, let's say they lose at Wisconsin by 13 and not 34, okay? Then I would, Moral victory. I then would feel better about those. that. Yeah. So I don't like counting those. The Cougars can be monumentally better, but it depends on how they play against the best of the best. One, BYU has to make a bowl game. But guess what? If BYU goes 5-1 and one against non-gauntlet and 1-5 and five against gauntlet, bowl game. that is not monumental. I'm not going to celebrate something as monumental when you go one in five against the good teams. No, but you will, call, on, you will call it a success, though, right? Yes, if BYU yes, wins six games. Yes, but if the, the premise of the conversation is monumental, I say no. And then don't tell me, yes, we're going to play these tough schedules, go one in five, and call it monumental. No, that's not how it works. Monumental for BYU would be 500 or above. Now, It'd be three wins, and we do not expect that. Oh, 500 against the gauntlet. The gauntlet. Yes, monumental is good. Like, you can't go sub-500 and be like, good job, guys. No, if it's tough and you can match it, then go at least 500 or above. If BYU Winners wins, don't talk about sub-500 things in a successful way. If BYU wins seven games following a 4-9 season with the majority of the gauntlet games on the road, would that equal monumental improvement? Seven wins. 
No, seven wins in a season <laughs> will never be monumental for me. Okay. There could be individual wins that could be monumental. Okay. Beating Utah would be a monumental win. You've lost seven in a row. Or Boise Beating State. Wisconsin, beating Washington. Boise State, I don't know if it's monumental. You've not won there, but three of those games were decided by one. You ranked Boise victory. State a more difficult opponent than Utah in your 10 for 10. There's a little more context to the Utah game than Boise State, my friend. All right. Okay. Has BYU lost seven in a row to Boise State? No, but they've never won on the blue. Three decided by one. It's been right there. And there's a large right chance there. that Boise State is going to be ranked higher than Utah in that game. I don't know. We can break that down later. Okay. Semantics right. on all June right. 25th. Yeah, Whatever. that's what it's all about. Monumental. This is a, don't make this the new elite, please. Our question of the day. I think it maybe already has become that. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? This is the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Mine was a notepad. A free notepad. Yeah, a free notepad. An annual thing. From at JoshMail313 on Twitter. No hype. No big announcement. Mm-hmm. Leave us alone. We have a season <laughs> to prepare for. Hashtag Leave us alone. quiet confidence. Hashtag keep your head down and work. What's BYU going to say after a 4-9 season for hype? No. I thought it was well played by everybody and how it was handled. Which is, let's just go to work, baby. We just got to get back to, to a bowl game. Let's go. From at Twiggy or Stone on Twitter. Pretty uneventful. It was a lot of wait and see what happens. Unfortunate about Ula Tolutau and Joe Tukuafu no longer being on the roster. I was looking forward to seeing the improvements for Ula. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah. Uh, Ula Tolutau was certainly a blow. Joe Tukuafu, they liked him, so that's a blow as well. Coming up, which receiver has a bigger impact this season immediately? Gunnar Romney or Dylan Colley? And next, the man who put together an NCAA tournament-friendly schedule for BYU basketball. What went into that? And was it easier in any way with all the emphasis put on tougher opponents? Tim Lacombe is in studio. This is BYU Sports Nation. But was it a BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Live on a Monday, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation jumping on social media. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. You can watch our Facebook page for updates as well. Hashtag BYUSN whenever and however you would like to converse with us. Our question of the day. What was your biggest takeaway from Friday's BYU Football Media Day? At Grizzfather on Twitter. No major announcements, which was kind of sad, but overall loved the demeanor and candor of the coaches and players. They know they have a lot to do to get back to winning ways, and I can't wait for this team to prove all the doubters wrong, end quote. Do we treat BYU Football Media Day like general conference? What are the, uh, the big announcements? You know, I, I, I'm not sure why there's this culture of waiting for a big announcement. Was, is, it happened so much. That yeah, in the recent past, it, it became like the status quo. Hey, we're playing this so-and-so, yeah, something. Yeah. I thought it was well played. announcement was Wi-Fi. In the stadium, which I think is actually pretty cool. Well, yeah, and uh, ask the uh, people writing the checks, too. That's, that's a big announcement. That's not cheap. So that's a good thing yeah. for BYU no, it's football great. to have. It's great, and they're launching an app as well. Yeah. Super I, just, cool. I thought it was well played. I, like, I was okay with there not being like some major announcement. It's just, look, we want It all work. distracts from the point, which is to win on we the We want to work. Yeah. We want to win. Let's win on the field. Let's have attention Let's to yeah. detail. I thought it was well played, absolutely. You know who else wants to win? BYU basketball. And they're... Assistant head coach Tim Lacombe, who is with us in Studio B, who put together 
what I think is a fantastic BYU basketball schedule for 2018-2019. Tim, uh, how would you define the scheduling philosophy for BYU basketball moving forward? Well, I think that it's always been fairly similar. I think it's uh, try to get the very best games you can get. Um, you know, we, as analytics has come into play, there's actually sites now that um, kind of give you a, a peek into what teams are expected to be with what they have coming back and what they've signed. Um, and so we've we've used that over the last few years. Um, and, you know, it, it's not an exact science. I mean, there's – I used our game last year – against Princeton on the road, for example, that historically is, is a top 75 game. Um, and last year ended up being, not being that. And so, you know, you can get everything set up exactly the way you think it's going to be. And then there's, you know, there's always, like you said, you have to play the games on the, on the floor and you have to win for those all to work out. But we feel really good about the schedule itself. Um, you know, we, we had to play a few more games out of the building this year to get back what we wanted next year. Um, but we're excited about the the teams we have, um, their projected numbers, and hopefully what that would mean for us if we can kind of run through that successfully. For those that missed it or need a reminder, you open at Nevada. That is uh, about as tough as a road opener as you could have booked. You, maybe at Duke or North Carolina or something, but Nevada expected to be like a top 10 team. Right. Yeah, I've seen I've seen them as high as three. Um, and watching them play last year and and having everyone back, um, they're, they're definitely everything that they're expected to be on paper. Um, but we're excited about it. We felt like it would be a – a really exciting series. Um, they will return the game next, the following year, um, and be able to open there. The excitement around that will be great. Um, it'll be a really good opportunity for our guys, for sure. It's clear the NCAA tournament selection committee has made it known that they want you to go and play people, and they will reward you if you go on the road and you win those big games. So when you have these conferences and you meet coaches at the Final Four and you're having this ongoing scheduling topic conversation with them. In some way, was it easier to get games because they want harder opponents as well? I think where you see it is um, I think the Power Five is still pretty protective of their turf. Um, I don't know that they're going to definitely go out and play non-Power Fives, but I think what you see like in our, our case with Nevada, um, with San Diego State, with Houston, teams that are, are pretty high-level teams that aren't in the power five are definitely more willing to play um, those games. And and this year we actually kind of went out and did something we've never done. And that's, uh, you know, we're playing a guarantee game against uh, Mississippi state, which means it'll be a one-time game. You know, they pay us to come. Um, and so it'll be, it'll be the first time in the 11 years I've been here that we've done that mm. um, to be able to go. And they, again, they're going to be a top on paper. They're in a top 15 team. So, uh, definitely stacks up to be a very challenging schedule, um, but there's also games in there that we feel really good about, you know, that hopefully will allow our guys to get some confidence along the way as well. Nick Emery returns after a nine-game suspension on December 5th against Utah State. You, pay, you play six of the nine games at home. Did you uh, – and there are some challenging games there in Nevada and Houston during that stretch. Right. But there are more challenging games after he returns. Was the, the potential of Nick being out for a few games in mind when you made the schedule? We weren't really sure. Um, we kind of just went about it business as usual. It seems to be uh, early games and particularly where your, your multi-team event kind of fits in. It's either November, Thanksgiving time, or December. 
Christmas time, and it happened to be this year that it'll be um, in the November uh, part of the season. But we we obviously knew that would possibly be. We didn't know the number of games or anything like that. So I would I would say that we probably knew about it, but didn't really. It didn't weigh that much into how we situated things. You mentioned the the MT or a multi-team event, and that one's going to be held in Provo this year. It looks like, right? So that's which, correct. W- which games are the, they? Um, they will be the uh, the Northwestern State, Alabama A and M, Rice, uh, and Houston. All four of those games will be played at our place, um, and it's the it's the men against breast cancer. That's the, the title of the of the tournament. Those teams will all play each other. Um, at different sites, but we will all play them here. And that's a nice run of five games in a row at home, four of those you mentioned uh, right. in 12 days, yeah. 13 days. So yes. you load them up. Yeah, we load them up, and it it's good. We kind of want to simulate. The one thing we want to do in the preseason is simulate the conference season where we're playing, you know, and we basically have a game in bet- a day in between, and we got to get prepared to play, prep for the next game, play again. So we, we tr- want to try to get in the best rhythm we can to to simulate conference season. BYU basketball assistant head coach Tim Lacombe with us on BYU Sports Nation. I know that you you mentioned you got to go play people for them to want to come back to Provo and, and get some home games. So these home games coupled with the EA Sports Maui Invitational, you can't specify in the 2019 rundown, but I mean things sound like they're coming together for you know a, a more favorable schedule in 2019. No question, it'll be it, just on paper. It's going to be a really good schedule. Um, you take the in-state games, you know, obviously the Beehive Classic that we, that we always play in. We'll have the Maui, and then a lot of these games we're going out to play will return the following year. So I think we've set ourselves up, up for two years of, of very challenging schedules. The uh, Maui event in 19, the, the, I saw the list of teams, and <laughs> like, holy smokes, it's like, who's who, right? Who's who in BYU and Chaminade? Um, <laughs> So oh, it is it? Come yeah, on. No, it'll be it'll be fun, and, and it, that's what you want. I mean, you want to play the best. Um, we're excited about it, and it's it's certainly something we've used in recruiting that we're going over there. So it'll be it'll it'll you know as it plays out, it'll be great. I wore the Maui shirt the other day. Oh, did show. you? Yeah, yeah. I brought those back for you guys. Yes, yeah, you did. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, it. it was great. Hopefully, we I did get watch a... it a couple of times before. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Just to make sure. I thought you'd never watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned a couple of the returns ga- return games. Just one. So Nevada, they'll return a yep. game. Yep. Uh, you go to Houston. We go to Houston. Um, uh-huh. And is that next year as well? That's right. Okay. Um, let's see other ones. San Diego State. UNLV was will come back to um, Salt Lake and play. We'll play in the uh, in, in Vivint. Cool. Uh, and San Diego State. San Diego State. Come home. Come okay. Here. And those are all next year. Yeah. Plus Maui. Yeah, outstanding. Wow. Just like you said, that's a fantastic schedule. Outstanding. And this one is too. And and we talked about it too. And you mentioned the metrics involved. It feels like there was this big shift from the year before to last year, where all of a sudden, okay, now it's not who you beat; it's who you play. And right. did you get enough of those? Right. Um, do you feel like this is a schedule that on Selection Sunday, if you guys can fare well, you you got a shot? Should you be in an at-large position? Yeah. I, I, and and again, I I sure hope so. I mean, again, it has to play out where all of these teams are what everybody thinks they're going to be. Uh, we are, you know, hopefully competitive like everybody thinks we're going to be. Um, but, yes, I, I think we have put a schedule together that will in and of itself be uh, something that you can be proud of. Um, you obviously have to go out and win your share of games, and um, you got to do a, a really good job of that. And then on top of that, you have to do farewell in league. Um, so 
there's just teeny little components of getting an NCAA bid, but we feel like this is something that hopefully will, you know, kind of check that box should everything else fall in place. What does Nick Emery's return to this BYU basketball team mean for the immediate future of the program? Well, you know, I think it's interesting because, um, you know, Nick being out a year, um, you know, and and having gone through everything he went through, um, I think it's like anything else. It's it's a what it is for him is a new beginning. What it is for our team is a new beginning. I think if you're getting if you're talking about getting the Nick Emery that was conference, you know, was a, a first team all conference guy, um, you know, then it, it means a lot to him and to us. But I think it, it is getting to that point. Um, we have a very, vet, very veteran group of guys that are coming back that have been through a lot um, with Nick gone. And so it's just a matter now of Nick being able to get back into the rigors of every day um, and kind of acclimating himself to the group and the group acclimating themselves to him and hopefully it's just another really solid piece that we can add to the puzzle and we'll finish with this real quick is is this the week where everybody's back and you start playing yeah we actually we actually got everybody back a week ago and started you can have uh you can have eight weeks of four hours a week so we started last week nice we get everybody here um minus connor harding gets home in about three days from his mission and then he'll he'll come straight to, to BYU, so he'll go right from the mission field to defensive <laughs> to his, stance. To his next mission field. <laughs> exactly, and so his head will be spinning a little bit. But we're excited about these group of guys. I, I think that they, they're working hard. Um, they they uh, definitely have pieces that can be successful, and now it's just a matter of putting them all together and, and doing it. Great stuff, Tim. Thanks for giving us uh, some more fodder on June 25th. We need all we can get. You were the get. perfect guest. You guys love June, don't you? <laughs> June's <laughs> our favorite month. <laughs> Just monumental. <laughs> so many monuments. That's right. Oh, my gosh. It's not easy to put together a schedule. Well done, my friend. Thank you. Well, Coach Rose gets a ton of credit, too. I'm just kind of, you know, he, he runs everything. I just kind of run pieces for him. So, Hey, great to have you back at Studio B. Thank you. Coming up, a grad transfer or a freshman? Which one makes his presence known on the outside on offense this season more? Major upgrades to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. What are they, and what do they mean for BYU fans this season? Do they have an app for that, Jaron? Yeah, Tim can text a little easier in the stadium than the football game. It's monumental. Monumental! Continues next. This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation friends gather round. And welcome back, Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan like at Radio Vision. Live on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. Grab the Mallows, the Graham Crackers, and the Hershey's Chocolate. Let's make some s'mores. <laughs> yes. Sounds good. We're on demand anytime, anywhere. Hey, I think we just got a new headline. We're going to throw it in as we present today's top storylines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. From BYU Football Media Day on Friday, it was officially confirmed Ula Tolutau and Joe Tukuafu no longer with BYU Football due to unspecified reasons. However, Coach Jeff Grimes said he hopes they'll be back in the fall. We'll see. I'd love to have Ula Tolutau back at any point in the future with BYU because of what he brings on the field. Lavelle Edwards Stadium is getting upgraded ahead of the upcoming season. The upgrade includes free Wi-Fi and a game day app that features live stats, highlights, and social media interaction. Former Cougars Paul Lasique and Sean Davies started for the U.S. men's rugby national team. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, Jerem, but they continue to add to a program record with an eighth straight win. Is that eight in a row? Eight and zero in 2018. That's amazing. Yeah. You hey, you add Paul Asika, all of a sudden you start winning everything. I, I don't think that's a uh, coincidence. They beat Canada 42 17. There you go. And Brendan Sander made his on court debut Saturday with USA Volleyball versus Russia. Team USA posted a win against Italy, loss against France, but they kind of mailed it in because the U.S. advanced to the six team final on July 4th versus Poland. In France, and a moment ago, we chatted with head co- or uh, assistant head coach, yeah, Tim Lacombe. Yeah, he informed us of the following return game. So we had heard reports of what happens this year, but looking ahead to the nineteen twenty season, uh, Nevada will be in Provo, uh, San Diego State will be in Provo in men's hoops, UNLV in Salt Lake at Houston. We already know that BYU is going to play at Utah. Utah State is the Beehive Classic game at as Vivint. well. So there are two games at Vivint. Yeah. So, but listen to that schedule. Plus the Maui Invitational, which is loaded with some of the best in the country. So the 2019-20 schedule is fantastic for BYU basketball. Like, really tough. Yeah, we essentially know 10 of the non-conference games. The seven that you just talked about. We don't know who BYU is going to play at the EA Sports 15 Maui Invitational. But we know that there are three games going to be played in Hawaii. Right. Likely two against very high-level opponents. Throw Utah Valley and Weber State in there. They play every year. and Great schedule. He's got five or six games to come up with after that. Great schedule. All right, Jerem. We've got a lot to recap. Obviously, we've done our diligence with uh, our due diligence with BYU football, and, and we're not so done do. there yet either. But there's also a World Cup date that needs to be discussed. How about this? For all my fellow Englishmen and English women. We have one on our staff now. Harry Kane with a hat trick for Harry, England yesterday Harry Kane. in a 6-1 to one blowout victory over Panama. It was 5-0 at mean, halftime. They're never going to let them through that canal ever again. 5-0 at halftime. But they did celebrate like it was 1999, Panama, that is, when they won. Uh, other games uh, from earlier today. Let's get some results here. because Saudi Arabia and Egypt and <laughs> Uruguay and Russia. Yeah, you ready? Okay. Saudi Arabia and Egypt. Saudi Arabia Arabia wins 2-1. They score a second half. Go ahead winner. Okay. Get the three points. And then Uruguay over at Big Russia 5, 3 nothing. Wow. Yeah. That was a big win. Rem- remember Russia was through though, right? Cuz they were 2-0. Russia through. They had eight goals in the first two games. Resting probably, taking it easy. Okay, so so Uruguay and Russia go through in group A, mm-hmm. correct? At 2 Eastern. The teams from Group B will line it up. Iran and Portugal mm-hmm. and Portugal. Spain and Morocco. Now, Spain's in kind of a weird place, right? Uh, it's in uh, Western Europe, Spencer. No, I'm just saying within the group. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> group B, like Spain, they have some work to do to yes. ensure that they get through. Yes. yes, they have some work to do because they had, what, a tie? And then did they win? They have four points? They have four points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh-huh. they got to bring it. We'll see. There's your World Cup date. By the way, Croatia, if you haven't been following what's happening with our team, welcome. They're through. They're already They're through. into the elimination round. Put, hey, put a stamp on it, dude. They're, they can mail it in, bro. They crushed Argentina. Everyone's been taking it to Argentina, man. Yeah. Jeez. Poor mess. By the way, uh, we did web chats. You did one in Korean. I did one in Portuguese. James MP and Kobrin uh, Kapusi. Yes, Kobrin Kapusi. Yeah. Uh, very fun. Mishik Chukusansu. By, by the way, uh, Corbin and uh, Bronson was in town. Devin's on the team, by the way. 
their sister Daryl got married over the weekend, and they did uh, you know a Polynesian dance, traditional dancing. It was uh, intimidating, man. I was imagining <laughs> myself like hundreds of years ago on a battlefield against those guys, and uh, I started sweating. I forgot how hard it is to talk about American football in Korean. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I was just like, how was Portugal, James? Yeah. <laughs> Did you like it? Simpler the better. Was yeah. it good? Yes. yes. What time is it? Where's the library? I asked Corbin which What's of his name? brothers is the most popular and what the feeling would be like if BYU beats Utah and if he'll have an opportunity to score a touchdown against Arizona. Very simple, simple questions. Yes. Keep it simple. Our question of the day, speaking of. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? Let's go to the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. From Tammy Wilson Wait, on Tammy One or Tammy Two Facebook. This is Tammy Two. Tammy Two. Okay. Tam, Tammy Two. Yeah. Parks, Parks, Parks and Rec. rec. Yeah. Parks yeah. And rec. Tammy says, looks to be going in the right direction, but the proof is in the pudding. Can't wait for the season. When's the last time you ate pudding? Mm, man, I probably only eat it like once a year. So you have little kids, so you should have pudding around, right? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Pudding. It's great. From at 86WICUG on Twitter. That is, appears Notre Dame is going to fulfill their game commitment, although I believe that game will be in Las Vegas and not at Lavelle Edwards oh, Stadium. Oh, you do. Interesting. Is that game at a neutral site? Is that part well, of the deal? Let's update people. Tom Homel said that, uh, you know, they've been talking and they still want to play the game, and what they have figured out is better than money, meaning BYU is not going to get a buyout from Notre Dame. They're going to play. But we don't know when or where. Does a home game in Provo... I'm hoping it's in 2021, like you said, so there's eight power fives. Oh, my goodness. I just want the game to be played, but timing does matter. It's almost everything. Yeah, are you okay with the game happening in Vegas rather than in Provo? No, those weren't the terms of the deal. Yeah, I want the game in Provo. Nope, got to be in Provo. You played twice in South Bend. Come to Provo. Come to Provo. Go to a bowl game, as Brian Logan says. (laughs) I was hoping you'd pick up on that. Coming up, more from the Voice of the Nation. (laughs) That wasn't the case last year, Brian. Hopefully this year. Gunnar Romney and Dylan Colley, two newcomers to the BYU football wide receiver core. Romney and Colley for president in 2020? Perhaps. But which of the two will accomplish more in the upcoming season? BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Our question of the day. What was your biggest takeaway from Friday's BYU Football Media Day at USUCoog11 in on Twitter? We've met him now. We have met him. And encouraged him to yeah. change uh, the USU part of it. But it's well, part, he got his undergrad at USU. It's part of his makeup. Yeah, right? he's getting his master's at the BYU. He tweets in, the accountability of the players and coaches and the focus on improvement without the hype. I like it. No wax needed. Just go. We learned that Gunnar Romney, according to an interview that Jeff Grimes, the offensive coordinator, did during the media day festivities, is expected to have a major impact 
on this year's team. In fact, Jeff Grimes said, and I'm paraphrasing, I'll be surprised if he doesn't, at the end of the season, have a major impact on this BYU offense. Yes. Wow. True freshman coming in from Arizona, four-star guy. We've talked about him a ton. Gunnar Romney. Now there's the Dylan Colley story. Mm-hmm. Comes back from Hawaii. Him now. He was, He's back. He was really effective against BYU in the regular season finale for 2017. He's back with the Cougars. In fact, he had over 100 yards receiving against BYU. Indeed. Between the graduate transfer Collie coming from Hawaii and the true freshman Romney, which wide receiver is going to have a bigger impact this season? That's a good question because Gunnar Romney was a stud. Okay, let me tell you how much of a stud he was. The last two seasons in high school, he had 150 catches, 1,800 yards, and 29 touchdowns. This guy is D1 ready. Okay, Then there's uh, Dylan Collie. Oh, and back-to-back state titles, by the way, in 6A. Not bad. Awesome. Dylan Colley played as a freshman at BYU, transferred to Hawaii last season as a junior, 56 catches, 636 yards, four touchdowns. A, a sure-handed slot guy that can get down the field as well. Six catches, 103 against BYU to finish the season. Three games of 100-plus. I, I think both these guys make an impact. I don't know that it matters who makes a bigger one. I think both come in and do work for BYU. Dylan Colley's got great experience, obviously a great story. Uh, his dad played here, Scott. He's going to wear the number three to honor him, which is super cool. Of course, Zach Colley. Of course, Austin, who I consider the greatest receiver in BYU history. But Gunnar Romney, dude. His last name's Romney. Okay, awesome. His first name's Gunnar. That's like the new Jimmer, right, uh, of names. I'm ex- really excited for both of these guys. Gunnar Romney could come in and do some work. And we've tried to, like, quell the hype a little bit. Uh, Jeff Grimes not quelling it at all. This guy's going to come in, and he's going to play right away. And he's going to impact a group that last year didn't have a stellar year as a group. So it's good to have both these guys in that group that does have some talent and underwhelmed. I think they'll be better this year. The proven commodity at the Division One level clearly is Dylan Colley because he's been in it for a while, and we know what he can do. I think that that will kind of be at the top of mind for whoever the BYU quarterback is whether it's Tanner Mangum, Joe Critchlow, Zach Wilson, Bo Hodge, I don't know. But they know he's a shorthanded guy. So I think early in the season, just if I'm playing quarterback, I'm constantly aware of where Dylan Colley is on the field because I know I already know what he's about and I can trust him. And, and some of the guys on the team have played with him already from a few years ago. I mean, this was pre-mission. It's been a while. There may be a handful there. But he's a BYU guy. His last name's Colley. Like, he belongs here. I'm so glad that Dylan Colley's back. I was bummed when he went away. It's going to be hard to know which of the two will make a greater impact. You're going to wait. That's the beauty of it. You have to wait until the end of the season to really know. But early on, I think Dylan Colley will be – he'll be implemented early. Like We'll, he, we'll call his senior, name a lot. Yes, yeah. he's a proven Brad commodity. transfer. Yep. Gunnar Romney will be brought along. I think he'll have a – bigger impact will he the, be brought along at the end of the season what i'm saying is i think yeah. i think we will be paying more attention to him at the end of the season and dylan collie will be the guy that quarterbacks rely on in the early games because he's proven but don't be shocked if Gunnar romney comes in and right away is austin collie oh yeah. yeah. four speaking yeah. of notre dame i, I won't be okay? shocked austin collie put his uh fingerprint on BYU football immediately playing notre dame in 04 catching deep balls, like, right away is like, this guy is a game-breaker, game 
changer. I'm excited. And to we're watch- hoping that Gunnar Romney is that type of guy. I'm not going to say he's going to be the greatest receiver BYU's ever had. Maybe he will be. Who knows? But as a freshman, Jeff Grimes not quelling any kind of hype. And trust me, Jeff Grimes isn't going to point out any individuals unless he sincerely thinks they are involved. He is not the point them out and just check a box from that question guy. He is a, I'm bringing this up for a reason. He said nobody impressed him in terms of like the quarterbacks, right? That's in BYU football right now. Is that because Gunner hasn't officially he hasn't showed up yet? He, he should be here <laughs> soon. Yeah. Uh, Danny Jones got here from Australia, the punter. Gunner should be on campus soon if he's not already uh, going to summer classes and kind of being at the player run practices and all that. And then we're like, what, five weeks away from fall camp. So I'm super excited about this guy. Yeah, I'm excited to watch Gunner Romney compete in fall camp. Uh, we should also note that not only is Jeff Grimes high on this guy, Austin Colley is high on Gunner Romney. So I think got- Austin's answer to this question is because it's his brother versus Gunner <laughs> who's being compared to him. The answer for Austin is yes. They'll both make a unit. Correct. Yes, correct. I, yeah, it doesn't matter who has a bigger impact. I think both have an impact. Absolutely. And a big one on this offense. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I rely on experience early in the season, and then uh, then I think Gunnar Romney becomes a big storyline as the season progresses. I rely on talent every second. Coming up, which Cougar debuted with Team USA Volleyball over the weekend? And upgrades at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Just make sure your phones are charged because there's an app for it and Wi-Fi will be available. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Big shout out to today's guest, Tim Lacombe, put together a doozy of a BYU basketball schedule, not only this year, but we learned some details about the 2019-2020 BYU oh, basketball baby. schedule. Yeah. Good I, I like tough way. basketball schedules. <laughs> I really do. It's different. It's a different beast. Why are you sure. different? Yeah, yeah. If you missed any of today's show, uh, like Dennis Pitta, who we ran out of time for, you can always download the podcast on <laughs> iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Running back Ula Tolutau and tight end Joe Tukuafu are no longer on the football team due to unspecified reasons. Offensive coordinator Jeff Grimes was optimistic. They would return saying hopefully they'll be back in the fall. Lavelle Edwards Stadium getting a major upgrade ahead of the upcoming season. We learned about this during media day. It was confirmed and also sent out an email from Tom Holmo last night. The upgrades include free Wi-Fi and a game day app that features live stats and social media interaction. And Nachos with the promo code SpencerIsCool. That's not true. Rugby. Former Cougars Paula Sique and Sean Davies started for the USA men's rugby team, helping the Eagles win its eighth straight this season to go 8-0 in 2018 with a 42-17 win against rival Canada. In Major League Rugby, the Utah Warriors with former Cougars Johnny Linehan, Ara Elkington, Joe Nichols, Ray Forrest, Josh Anderson, and Matt Jensen beat former Cougars Kyle Sumption and Dan Paul. Lots of Cougars in that Who play for the Houston Sabercats. 31-27 and by doing so, get into the Major League Rugby Championship Series. They're in the playoffs. Very nice. 
Volleyball. Brendan Sander made his on-court debut Saturday with USA Volleyball versus Russia. Team USA also posted a win against Italy and a loss to France. The U.S. advanced to the six-team final on July 4th versus Poland in France. Cougars in the minors. Maverick Buffo threw six innings of one-run ball as the Lansing Lugnuts in single A beat the Great Lakes Loons 4-3. to Buffo struck out three and walked one. Brendan Lund went 5-4-8 with five runs and three RBI Saturday and Sunday and two Mobile Bay Bears wins over the Tennessee Smokies in double-A. This weekend performance broke a two-for-32 slump. Saturday, Taylor called through a scoreless inning of relief in the Salt Lake Bees' 4-1 win over the Tacoma Rainiers. Cole recorded a strikeout in his one inning of work. Saturday, Colton Mahoney struck out two in an inning of scoreless relief in the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimps' 4-3 loss to the Mississippi Braves in double-A. Golf. Mike Weir finished 40th at four under par at the Wichita Open on the Web.com Tour. Soccer. Ashley Hatch had five shots with one on goal in a Washington Sparrow one nothing loss to, to the Orlando Pride. Michelle Murphy Vasconcelos had a shot in a Chicago Red Stars two to nothing victory over Utah Royals FC. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Your boy Trevor Maddish won a national Emmy. Congratulations to Trevor as an analyst for the. Washington, Washington Redskins. Redskins. Very nice. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, well deserved. An award-winning analyst. Yeah, we, uh, we're fortunate to have him as part of our crew, especially during the fall. Maddish Mondays are I love. We see thing. him once a year, literally, on Media Day. Yeah. And so it was great to see him. And then it's like, well, we'll, see, we'll talk to you on the phone. He's a pro's pro. He's great. Our question of the day. What was your biggest takeaway from BYU Football Media Day? At Cosmo underscore duh underscore Cougar. Was it just me, or do I recall a coach mentioning a certain transfer from Hawaii? <laughs> now we can talk. Does that count as an announcement? Are we allowed to hype the heck out of him? It said crap. You can say it. Okay, Come on. Right, At Nickley51, right. nothing announced about permanent royal uniform. Brownie face. Wrong station. <laughs> yes, Dylan Colley is no longer a certain transfer from Hawaii. That's right. Our elite voice of the day from at OPC underscore Killa on Twitter. That despite an entire You'll day devoted to crap. BYU football, the guys still can't find time to fit in Dennis Pitta. Of course not. The conversation <laughs> continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. There's always room for Dennis. Is there? No, and a mention at the end of the show, right? Yeah. Twice now. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Jason Sukanik. 68 days away. Vancouver, Washington, dude.